Marketing Made Easy, the podcast. Now here are your hosts from Get Savvy Club, Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Marketing Made Easy from the Get Savvy Club. Anna Geary and Anita Baldwin here. Today we had with us Chris Delaney, um, who's a really interesting character, wasn't he? And he? Yeah, I really liked him. Lots of different strings to his bow and actually we had a conversation with him afterwards and found out a few other things that he can help people with in terms of the hypnosis you can get rid of people's fears of spiders and apparently it helps a lot of americans do that which i found was a bit he's not sure how they stumble across him but they come across him like online and he doesn't do it a lot but he can help people like shift weight or give up some certain type of food so we were picking his brains about and we give up all the sugary shit he must have thought we were a bit mad because we we're like and what do we do and how do we do this and he's just like oh well okay think about this and do this do that yeah i think you have to have a proper session with him i don't think you can just take the little tips that he said no but one thing he said which is not not rocket science and not new but one thing he said was just get rid of all the crap in the house because we're essentially lazy and if it's not there we won't go to the shop for it we just won't eat it and um that is yes i just always have you know you know i always have my little stash behind me as i sit here so um that is something i need to do well when he he said that i thought well i'm gonna do that now because i've just bought a new lot of frazzles so yeah. I'm gonna. Oh no, I can't throw that away. Literally, when it's gone, I've just I'm not got it in. Buy more, that's what I <laughs> yeah. thought. Yeah, but uh, it's hard. It's, I'm it's not going to throw away my penguins. Crap! <laughs> 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 frazzles in the bin. We're insane. <laughs> I bought a 24 pack. I yeah. mean, there's not 24 in there now, but yeah, it was. He he himself is actually. It's more to do with um, helping people get that interview because if you are looking for a job, even if you're actually interviews come all sh- in all shapes and sizes. Actually, because even if you're an entrepreneur and you run your own business, you might want to go for an interview to get a loan or to get investment into your business. Or there's all different ways that you're actually in a similar situation to interview even like public speaking that's similar to interviewing really isn't it going to networking standing up doing your one minute it's all interlinked yeah interlinked yeah. like he said he wishes us brits were more not as reserved as we are but promote ourselves more because it, it would be a lot better for everyone if we all promote because half the time you don't know how awesome people are that you're talking to because they don't tell you and you can't guess that they can do this that we find things out all, all the time don't we about our clients yeah. we might be working with them for months and then they'll just drop something and I'll go wait a minute stop right there what what's that that you can do and you're just like amazed that they never thought to mention it before you know like all that different I can things. juggle just like yeah that. like Anita can juggle do you know I didn't know I didn't know that about her <laughs> straight away <laughs> <laughs> we don't, you know we get but no it's absolutely right and do you know you're helping people by telling them what you can and can't do for them and how great you are at it so yeah we we all need to get but better if you're one of those people that show off all the time not you you don't need to do it as much <laughs> you need to break it back that's the thing though isn't it it's fine, fine balance between like going rah, rah, i'm so great at this that, and the other and then making sure that people are aware of your skills and what you can do and putting yourself in the best light so that you can yeah. get get that job and keeping it relevant if you're just banging on about how great you are and no one cares and it's not relevant to anyone then you're just like a, an arrogant twat aren't you but if it's relevant then don't sit down and not say it yeah you'll miss out on opportunities that are out there if you, if you don't so anyway let's get into it if you're enjoying marketing made easy the podcast from get savvy club use your podcast app to rate review and subscribe so a little bit about me uh, i'm an interview coach i'm an author and i help people succeed in job interviews but i basically came from this background where i never thought i'd be in this position because i was dyslexic at school i had a list uh, so I couldn't read, couldn't really write that well, and I couldn't really talk. And what I do for a living now is write books, do hypnotherapy and coaching to help people be successful. So I talk and write for a living. 
<laughs> it's, it's a, crazy, isn't it? Turnaround. It's like with this, we literally talk for a living, pretty much like nonstop talk. And at school, you're told to not talk, whereas that's all we do is our job is yeah. to talk. So. But never write yourself yeah. off too soon and say, "Well, I can never yeah. do that. I can never," because you yeah. just don't know what you can end up doing mm. and what you're capable of. You just can't let other people influence your life. You have to set your own goals, your own vision. Mm. You're gonna make loads of mistakes. You're gonna make loads of errors. You're gonna get lots of things wrong. But really, it's about reflection. It's about learning. It's about you taking the opportunities that come to you. If you have a dream, you can do anything you want to do. And it's just, God, I wish I believed that 20 years ago, like I do now. It's just about self-belief, isn't it? And not letting the failures knock you down and think, well, I can't I do that. And, you know, learning about fixed versus a growth mindset and all of that. I think as well, because I do a lot of work with young people as well. And I think you kind of need to go through that process of being a, a child, a teenager and an adult to kind of learn that lesson. Because I'm always yeah. telling young people, like, you know, you can do anything, you know, you can be successful, whatever you want to do. And it's easy for us as adults to say that, isn't it? But you yeah. kind of yeah. have to go through those hardships and, and, and go on that learning curve. We're actually interviewing or attempting to interview at the moment for somebody for the Kickstarter scheme that's um, just getting somebody to onboard to help us with marketing and, you know, in terms of like the, the day-to-day stuff that, that we need. It's a really interesting role for somebody. But actually, it's, it's hard, isn't it, to, find, to actually get people that are that can come across confidently in interview. And it's just basic things. My background is actually 17 years in recruitment. So I used to wish that I could just jump into their bodies and do the interview for them. Like, cause I just <laughs> knew what needed to be said in what way. And so many times people drop the ball. It doesn't matter how much interview prep you attempted to give them. And obviously you take it one step further because obviously you can help them with um, hypnotherapy and things. Whereas obviously I didn't, yeah. I just said, look, you need to say this. You need to say that. <laughs> I can imagine, I can imagine your you? motivational pep talks, Anna. I know. Just be better. No, it's not very good at all. No, and I was like really annoyed with them when they did. No, it's bad enough that they didn't get the job. They've got me going, well, you've let me down. Because well, I've not got the fee now. So not only not got the job, I've not got my fee. So, yeah, it wasn't <laughs> but yeah i did used to wish i could just go for it because they would drop the ball but i know i know they didn't mean to, some did some just didn't research they didn't do what they, you know you think the oh, basics yeah. it's not difficult is it to mm. get the basics but so many people don't and i do think it's a shame because an interview is very much like an exam isn't it so you can be the cleverest person in the world and just have an off day or feel the pressure and you know fluff an exam and it's the same with an interview it's really like i um, worked in corporate for a long time interviewed a lot of people to work um, in various departments I ran and the things I'd always try and do is try and put them at ease fast yeah. so I could actually get to know them rather than this nervous person that like was just yeah. closed um, to see whether they'd be right because it's all about personality for me you can teach anybody anything as long as they've got the right personality and it frustrates me so much when people don't do any prior research don't even have a couple of questions that they can ask to show that they're interested and in. you know I remember one person I said why do you want the job and they went well because it's um nearer to my house than my assisting role you're <laughs> just like <laughs> of course <Yeah. laughs> that's, not, that's not the right answer but when I when I used to recruit for myself though although like I used to give all these interview prep and blah blah, blah to these people to go on theirs but when I used to interview for myself I always wanted to see the best I always wanted the rough diamonds so I'd always want the ones that were crap at interview I don't I'd want to take them on because I'd be like look I can see something you know like if they're just ballsed up but not massively because my old director she she's very well to do and you know whatever and people would come in and perhaps they wouldn't be dressed right but I would point out they don't know that that's not the way to dress because how would you know like I didn't know from the background that I was in 
of the what the way in which to act in an interview no one had ever told me what you're supposed to wear how you so if I saw someone coming in but they had a good personality they were plucky they had the right attitude but maybe they they you know didn't dress like my other director wanted me to I'd be like yeah but we can teach them that that's easy it's the um you know at least they've got a spark something about them um but yeah it was it was tough how did you stumble across doing this then? Have you always done it or what was... Well, just before that, it's that, that interesting like, what you guys were saying then because I was listening to kind of like the language you were using and Anna, you were kind of saying like, you know, I wanted to get the, the rough diamond. You know, when I was young, I didn't know how to dress. And part of the job interview is, or part of the filtering process is like an unconscious bias. So Anna, as an example, you might have an affinity with someone who wasn't dressed perfect, but you could see like a sparkle in the eye because that mm. was you uh, yeah. when you was a, a little mm. bit younger. So sometimes we really want people to do well. And the interview's behaviour then affects the applicant's behaviour. So you're, you're kind of like nodding along, aren't you? Encouraging, maybe asking additional questions. That applicant feels more relaxed, more at ease, will then naturally open up more and give more detailed answers so they score high. Compared to your uh, Anna's boss who didn't like people who wasn't dressed in the right way and then um, might have a dislike to them and then their negative behaviour uh, affect them as well. So unconscious bias is often like the first filter, isn't it? In like, yeah. you know, I like that person. It's I don't even like, like that tattoos person. and stuff. People still mm. like you wouldn't. Some people you're not going to get a job if you've got a tattoo. And I know like everybody's probably roll, people are probably rolling their eyes listening to this now. But honestly, you won't. And no one's going to go back to you and say, "Oh, you've not got the job because you, you've got tattoos." You're just not going to get the job, and you're not. Gonna but the get thing to is, tattoo people are now more than fifty percent of the adult population. Yeah. So that, the but bias people has still got expect go, when it? they go to an interview, though, that they cover those up. Give yourself the best chance you can, and yeah, yeah. it's wrong. I'm not saying it's right that that's the case, but many, many it's, people that are yeah. in recruiting are there recruiting people will instantly think no, like, and same with piercings, same with. Yeah. All sorts of things like that. Blue hair. Yeah. I don't know why I said blue. Yeah. Pink, whatever. There, there was you know. some. Um, there was like a piece of research done. Uh, so this, a uh, hundred applications went out to a hundred different employers, and attached to them, it was in America. This attached to them was a picture of a, a natural sized person, whatever that is. <laughs> then uh, a picture of an obese person. So it's the same yeah. application form with two different photos. And the the conclusion was that uh, if the um, employee received one with the obese person who they viewed uh, as lazy because of unconscious bias was less likely to get the job interview. And this is why we have like sexist, ageist, mm -hmm. racist uh, employers all the time, don't we? Sometimes yeah. people have a, a strong opinion. So I'm sexist, racist, or ageist. And no matter what you say, do act in that interview, even if you're the best person in the world, you're just not getting that job because, of, you know, it's a very negative uh, opinion I have on that group. If someone's going to have that bias against an obese person, does that obese person want to work with that person as their boss yeah. in that environment as well? Um, yeah, because it's such a group dynamic matters a lot in corporate, doesn't it, in, yeah. in business? It's really important, though, because, uh, like you said, if someone's being sexist or ages or racist or whatever issue you know, they do, you, you, you most likely don't want to work there. Yeah, but the yeah. other side is there's people who unconscious bias is, is unconscious that's conscious bias the other one isn't it i'm sexist and i know that mm -hmm. uh but unconscious bias is that i have an opinion about a female playing for a applying for a traditional masculine role this opinion just comes up it's emotional isn't it? i like more i don't like more you're fit you're not yeah a fit. uh and it's very hard to stop that influencing you even if you recognize it and go oh I, you know I just had this thought but that's not a professional thought so I'm going to try hard now to make this a fair interview process. That thought, that that feeling, which is based on your, you know, your experiences, your values, the environment you grew up in, that does affect the job interview outcome because it affects your decision making process.
being good in an interview, you can turn someone around, can't you, with your your personality and, and things like that. I've also remember yeah. a friend of mine told me a story about she went for an interview years and years ago as a clown's assistant, and she turned up and this clown was like drunk and belligerent and barely looked at her and asked her a couple of questions and she tried to answer them really well and then he went, no, go away. And she said she got to the door and she thought, oh, you know what, I'm not having this. So she turned around and she went, I just want you to know really really want this job and I'll be great at it and he went yeah all right you're hired <laughs> so she went oh all right she said it was awful she lasted like a week <laughs> to do it but just that someone saying I'm hungry for this I'm going to do a great job for you can just make all the and my advice to anyone going for an interview is show how passionate and keen you are say this yeah. really means a lot to me however embarrassing and cringy that might be to actually say it will you know make yeah. all the difference but a lot of the time people look like they've just been sent by the mum because they need a job, you know, like it just seems like somebody else's idea that they're there. Do you know what I mean? Like they're like, I can't go. I yeah. suppose we're going to get an interview because if I don't, someone's going to moan it. You a know, lot of the time they like... actually have, Anna. I reckon. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, they have, depending on yeah what the role is and things like that. But or or maybe it's and I do remember when I did recruitment, people were told by the job centre to come, and it was just a tick in a box exercise, really, so they could carry on getting the benefits and things. You'd tell that without a doubt but mm. yeah so it is but it is it's a tough it's a tough um yeah but i know i'm not attempting to get a job now i used to you always smash my i just found it's it as not... a game to try and get the job and then half the time i wouldn't like the job anyway when i got it but it was just like a game that's a really good mindset to kind of see it as a game see it as a conversation yeah. uh, anita was talking before about personality and this is kind of like the next stage you have unconscious bias and then when you get asked your first kind of job interview question it's really important to be perceived well because the interview identity is kind of based on your level of perceived knowledge and experience or can you do the job if you have the skills, you believe your unique selling point. And then the second axis is your level of confidence. So how you communicate your likability factor is you're passionate, that sort of stuff. And that creates uh, the identities. So if you answer the, the first one or two questions and they think, oh, this person seems really good, really passionate, really skilled and knowledgeable that becomes the main filter and that unconscious bias hopefully starts disappearing. Yeah. But if you come across as whatever being bored or, you know, you come across as being deceitful or just unskilled or whatever, mm. then that uh, reinforces the, often the unconscious bias and becomes the main point. And that's when the interviews just want it to end, you know, they just ask the questions, yeah. wanting you to get out of there. Got it uh, finished, get rid. Yeah. That's it, yeah. yeah. So you need... When you interview a lot of people, you can tell, I can tell by... You know, I got to the stage where I could tell by how someone shook my hand and just kind of sat down mm. whether I was going to like them or not because they were just like limp and just. Well, like, I guess really the great thing about being and... a recruitment consultant is like what I used to say if they'd come in and be pathetic, is I'd just be, or I'd just be like, seriously, I cannot take, send you out to yeah. get a job like this. And then at least we could work on them a bit. Yeah. But like, handshakes was matter, that? don't they? You know, you know those like really shake? limp, quite sweaty yeah. ones. That yeah. You're just like, you know what really needs to get me? Not taking the coat off. Yes. <laughs> but I was really cocky when I was younger, like, you know, when I was in the recruitment. So I would, it, but I think I helped a lot of people get jobs because of it, because I would go, look, now you've come here to, to see me. Is that how you think you're going to go to an interview? Because you can't, because you need to be wearing this. You need to do this. You need to, and like you prep them as much as you can. Yeah. So you do, I think I would always recommend people to try and use agencies wherever, wherever they can really to give you that kind of, yeah. let them sell you in. I always talk about the three rules of a successful job interview. One, identifying the job criteria. So you know what to talk about. Two, be a self-promoter because we're so reserved in England, aren't we? Like yeah, you just got to be a self-promoter. 
uh, and then three, communicate with confidence. Those three things really help you nail job interviews. I don't think um, kids these days get an opportunity to really learn anything about self-development or self-help or anything like that. So I used to read those books when I was like a teenager. So I was quite shy as a kid. So I was quite shy around people of like authority. So basically I found these books, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, and all of those kind of ones, which everyone around me used to take Mick out of. But by the time I got to like the age of going for jobs and things, I learned loads of these skills, you know, make sure you've got eye contact, be open, friendly, ask the thing, which now are like, but honestly, kids just do not, they don't know this stuff. They don't know how to speak to adults. They're just on their phones, in their heads for so much of the time. They don't even know how to speak to their own peers anymore because they're not doing it. They're just in there. So I think um, that would make a massive difference if the schools did that and just give them those tools to, even if you're not confident, you go out and you pretend you are just for that window of opportunity. You almost like, you know, think to yourself, right, I'm going to behave in this way so that so that you get the end result. But unfortunately, we just don't teach. Um, there's nothing, no way for kids to access that. There is, but they've got to go out the way. They have to go and source that rather than it being given to them. It's really interesting with CVs as well because a lot of companies now are using AI to read the CVs, aren't they? So you, you upload your CV and then this AI system uh, just matches yeah. keywords to see if it's suitable. Because now... Hundreds of people apply for one job, like hundreds and yeah. hundreds. Because when um, when lockdown was on, and um, my daughter had, she's fourteen, and she had, um, she was. I overheard one of her lessons, and one of the teacher was saying, like, a hundred people will go for one thing. She kind of laughed and was a bit like, when I said, it's more than that, Serena. Yeah. Honestly, it is. It's that. Like, but that's why I'd say actually, don't waste your time if you want a job. Don't send your CV. That's got to be the. You ain't gonna get it. Like you, you you're gonna go sat sit at the bottom of the pile somewhere. Any little thing could turn them off. I would say reach out, find the person who's hiring, give them a call, speak to them. I'm sending my CV through now. Please don't miss it. I know you've got a lot of people interested in this. Just those little things can make a massive difference. Mm. And unfortunately, people just don't do that. They just send a CV and go. Oh, I didn't get that. Didn't hear back from. But that. also typos in cvs in my mind oh, yeah. and excuse and i will not interview i know lots of people have criticized me for that and said um i'm overly harsh but if someone's got mm. you know a spelling mistake in a cv and they're applying for a marketing job where attention yeah. to detail and being able to spell and have good grammar is really important i just i wouldn't even interview them knowing the job criteria is that important because like you said marketing and i for detail your grammar your spelling's got to be perfect you should be nailing that for those mm. job interviews compared to whatever and you if know, you're rubbish at stuff like jobs. that like you said you were dyslexic when you were younger i know that i'm rubbish at that so i would find someone that's not yeah. so if i'd have known anita back in the day i'd have gone check that please because yeah it's probably crap because i did it or whatever um so that's what i just can't understand if you know where your weaknesses are help yourself out but finding someone that can do like check it over for you and we even have spell check these days but even so that's not always perfect is it so yeah. you just have to get someone that you know can you know knows grammar a lot better than you or you know mm. can spot the mistakes and just get them to check over it, it doesn't take very long just lazy yeah. don't write your cv and text speak you know with lowercase eyes for <laughs> oh eye God, yeah. and things like that and you're just like who, who is this person why, why are they even writing this you just know they don't want the job i think people are scared though this is the problem people get really scared of stuff like applying for jobs recruitment processes people like make the career like a life and death situation mm. and what do, what do we do best as humans we avoid fear so people mm. who are like low confident, low self-esteem, who are full of anxiety, will spend on average 45 minutes preparing for that job interview compared to someone else who will spend four to five days. And like you suggest in there, you'll write a CV, you've got poor grammar, so you send it to Anita, Anita checks it for us, then you download some interview questions and practice it. When you're feeling confident in your self-worth is high, you put more effort into stuff. When your self-esteem is low, you try to avoid those situations so you're not really mm. the spotlight. 
you know, Almost you don't, you don't self-sabotage. You know, it is so yeah, it is, it is. Yeah. One of my friends actually applied for a job recently, and I can't remember the exact job role, but it was kind of working with like a dog charity type thing. Uh, and she knew thousands of people was going to apply for this job. So she made a video CV and it was like quite a funny, like, you know, a minute long, but it was like her stroking dogs, walking dogs, and had these animations Aww. on there. And it, and what that was is a standout CV because yeah. she might not have mentioned all the criteria on there or maybe she didn't have all the qualifications, but the employer, because she put it on social media as well to make it go viral a little bit, the employer would come across that several times and would see the effort, the creativity and the enthusiasm yeah. and the hard work that went into that. Yeah. So you can make yourself stand out and that's the key in today's job market. Yeah. Although make even stand out. that can be hard because my sister um, wanted her son, he's 18 now, so this was like two or three years ago, to go and get a job. So she sent him round all the local shops and places like that to go in and say, you know, are you looking for any help? And every single one of them said, you've got to apply online. You can't just walk in and so that's it's kind of gone of the days where you could just truck up and go hi but you still can help. do that though if you make sure that you're speaking to the right person and then say i will apply but this is who i am and then they've got that connection there they're going to know when it comes through um but not just be fobbed off by somebody going yeah here's a you know email it here one good thing to do in that situation though because you can go down meet the same you all do's work behind the tail and they're saying you've got to do it online Use that opportunity for a bit of network and say, oh, like, how long you worked here for? And they'll say mm -hmm. a year. And then say, how was your job interview? And they'll tell you a little bit. And then say, what did you get asked? And then you've got a list of the exact yeah. questions you're going to be asked. And then you can say, you can even ask them what they've replied with, can't you? Yeah. So how do people like find you and start working with you? So my employment king is, uh, my employment king, my website is employmentking.co.uk. Mm. Uh, I was going to say, you've got an employment king. I've never <laughs> 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 uh, And this is your thing, like when you're in a job interview, you mess up your answers like I did then. You just kind of like change yeah. it, laugh along with it, get a bit of humour mm. in there. You know, it's yeah. a conversation at the end of the day. But yeah, yeah my website is employmentking.co.uk and I'm on LinkedIn a lot as well so people direct message me for advice and i share lots of updates on there i do two things so like i manage like projects with young people and then uh, the other the other side of it is a lot of professionals who are just stepping up in yeah. the career ladder who they've got the skills and experience but they just can't pass job interviews and it's often down to confidence and anxiety and um, so that's a big market for me yeah the worst story i ever heard is someone um years ago who was going for a job with the met police and uh, he went in for his interview and it was a panel interview. So it was like, I think, five people facing him. And there was a map on the wall with no words on it. And they like pointed, you know, the whole world and they pointed to it and said, can you tell us what's going on in this area? So not only did you have to know where it was, wow. you had to know like the political situation. And I've just... It's important trying to understand why people are asking certain questions. So as yeah. an example, these curveball questions, was that a question because you needed to know that, you know, geography knowledge? Or was it a question about problem solving and you can kind of mm. then give an answer that's related to that the common one is uh, for engineers isn't it like how many grids are in london uh so that like really falls a lot of people and the idea is that you're just good at problem solving so you work out how many grids are in like a square mile and times that by the amount of square miles in london so it's really important when you get asked these random questions to think like what skill quality experience do they need from me uh, and why is that relevant to this question? Yeah, because uh, you have to filter out the reference. chaff, don't you? So things like that yeah. are the good way. But you get days. We used to get. We used to recruit for big um, corporate organisations. That sometimes you'd have to send like ten people to go all on the same like day, and they'd have like a whole day of all doing all these different things together. So they'd have to work as a team, and then they'd watch them and see how they're interacting with each other, who's leading, who's not, and all that. And like sometimes I remember once I went to see this client, and they were telling me about what they're going to do, and I went. 
anyone really be that bothered to do all that just to get that <laughs> job? And I remember she was like, not British Schmidt put out by how I said it. And I, and I was like, I wouldn't, like, for how much it was paying as well. And what she was, well, it's a very prestigious place to work. You know, people like to work here, could lead to a lot of stuff. I said, yeah, I know, but you're right, getting them, like, jumping through a ton of hoops just to get this, you know, ultimately a job in a call centre was what it was. Um, and in a good call centre, better money than other places. And there was uh, the ability to go on further. But it's like, I would, I'd be like, oh, no, that's not for me. Yeah. Not thinking, and then so people would be taking a whole day off work to go for this whole day interview um you know to try and get yeah. the next job or whatever so you're seeing now you're seeing like a massive increase in the number of interviews you have to go to so like amazon mm. as an example do like four to six uh interview rounds for you no to get one of those leadership positions four stuff like six. google like yeah you know they're yeah. going to give it but, someone that's already working there anyway that's madness well, isn't these, it? These what the, can they these, possibly these... need to know that they can't ask it the first or second yeah, so so what they're looking for really. So this is often this is often for like high paid or leadership or you know high school positions. You go to four six rounds, and loads of companies are doing this now. Uh, and what they often do is get different people to interview you, uh, asking very similar questions to kind of get like a baseline of who who you are. But one of the other things is they're looking at is uh, that you fit the culture of the company because so many people get a job and leave after two to three yeah. years to get like a better pay right we job hop so much now but you don't yeah, get big pay rises yeah. internally anymore so to get no. to yeah. move your salary up you have to jump around yeah so this so so this is i i think this is where it's come from now because we do that as applicants and career professionals we jump around get the pay rises get more skills more experience it's actually really good for an applicant that um but it affects employers don't it, it affects them at the the profit margin as well as everything else so they're really focused now on getting people who want to work for the organization where the culture fits their motivational type and their personality uh, to help people uh, or to recruit people who will stay for like a longer period of time even when they know the salary is not as good as a competitor one and um, mm. so they're really drilling down on like the culture stuff these days strength-based interviewing is getting really popular into it now compared to just the standard behavioral and situational questions so they're asking your preferences if you prefer to do a or b what what's like a good day for you to see if that fits their model or their culture yeah yeah so in my day it was all um behavior like say can you tell me about a time when you had to do this and i just i didn't even like as the interviewer i didn't like having to do those interviews so it just thought it just rewarded people who could either bullshit on the spot or had already done all this That's stuff why and I could call it really quickly <laughs> yeah whereas you know i'd often because i'm quite an honest person i sit, sit there going um uh i think well no i can't tell you about that time because i can't remember it and then afterwards like, oh god yeah that's this and that and so i just don't think it got the best out of people a good technique to use for those types of questions is uh the model theory versus experience so uh like anna said she was she just said oh i i was there got the job interviews because she's a, a you know a great communicator she got uh, loads of really good facial expressions as well you can tell anna would do fantastic in a job interview so you get asked a behavioral question it's like bam 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 i'm amazing i'm amazing i'm amazing and the interviewer is really impressed but quite a lot of people really struggle again through nerves and anxiety so when you get asked a question your mind generally goes blank and then you go um, um, um and then you can't think of anything a good thing to do is you're knowledgeable about your sector is talk about the model and fear related to that question and then give an example because when you talk about a model and fear it just allows your brain to catch up so yeah. as an example is to say i don't know how do you manage your time you can talk about the time matrix management system uh, or how do you how would you risk assess this you can talk about like a risk assessment uh, model or if it's like an industry specific thing you can just state the model in three or five steps 
and it's just like bam 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 dead easy to remember you work you do this every day your job then that allows you to naturally find an experience to then back that up so I'll talk about the model and then give the example it's odd isn't it how it's changed now and how they have to it's bad as well like i, I encourage my kids don't get a job do something yourself you know start something yourself but they do have to get some rubbishy jobs to appreciate just to learn yeah, how it yeah. all goes. If you're kind of doing like, you know, an after-school job or your first position, mm. those job interviews are often just like run round, aren't they? Some of informal job interviews, so you don't really have to, you well, just some have to be just, yourself. You've just, got to, you've just got the opportunity. So, like, so the things that our daughters have done is because they know, obviously, people have known us and they've just, they've mm. more asked us if they'll do it and then they've gone and done it. And not, they've not had to have an interview, have they? Like, not gone to interview for any of her, uh, but did she go for it? She didn't go. For, she met, went to meet them for babysitting. Went to meet the not, child. It wasn't yeah. an interview as such. No. And then mm. with the job but, that Serena's done, she's just gone along and done them. And I don't know how the law has changed. I started working in a cafe, a garden centre, when I was fourteen. But I don't think you can do that these days. But there's other stuff you can do, and cleaning cars and things like that. So I keep talking to them about doing a bit of work and earning money, and mm. they're just like. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I highly recommend it as well because, like, with my, with my personal story, because I left school with no qualifications and dyslexia, I was in low skill. I just thought my career was going nowhere, but I had a passion for, like, wanting to help people. So my first stuff really was, like, volunteering with youth groups, scout groups, taking disabled adults, like, rock climbing and hiking. And it was that volunteering stuff that, one, got me, like, loads of skills and, and built up my own confidence because I knew I was good at that sort of thing. But then you're networking with people who are in this, mm, you know, this yeah. sector where I was like, this is what kind of what we're doing. This person's getting paid doing the thing I'm getting, I'm volunteering for. So we're speaking to those people and that, you know, that volunteering was one of the things that really kicked off my career in this in this field, basically. Yeah, you'd never know where you'll find inspiration, where you look at someone and go, they're getting paid to do something I'd love to do yeah. and I'm quite happy to do for free. That's where I want to be. And and you don't often find that inspiration in school, do you? It's difficult. Then you have some careers advice where you truck up and have someone you don't really know say, what do you want to do? And you've got no clue at all. Um, and then you suddenly leave school and you're like, well, I don't even know what it's like to work. So you, you kind of end, end up doing things, I think, rather than, you know, I, I almost um, envy people who say, oh, I knew, you know, from an early age that I wanted to be a fireman or an actor or you so know you just follow that thing yeah, yeah. follow them. whereas I was like oh I don't know what I want to do I did fall into something that I genuinely love so that's quite lucky but who knows what else I could have done you know if I had my time again as yeah. I said but you're right Chris that kind of network going out and doing things for other people and networking and just be eyes and ears open for opportunities and saying yes to things and making things happen and and going yeah. and doing them is what where it's at and unfortunately a lot of people just sit in the house yeah. on the and with the lockdown obviously they've been forced to kind of do it but so too many just sit in the house on on, on a device and don't interact or go out yeah volunteering and go if you've got a rubbish job that you hate go just going and helping somebody else in some other way even if it's not the thing you want to do will lead to different conversations and, and your net worth your network is your net work worth without you i can never say that properly before i went to say it, i thought don't bother I actually mess up. and then i did your network your net worth is your network yeah so the more people yeah. you can build up and get to know um, the easier it will be for opportunities to come your way so lots of times you know, people might be going for job interviews and feel like oh i've been rejected again well guess what somebody's already working that in that department as a temp doing that job 
that was 100% going to get that job because they've sat there doing it for the last three months while everybody else is being interviewed and everyone loves them and they're definitely going to get that job. We'd have like ridiculous internal rules that made us have to advertise a job either internally or sometimes externally as well when we knew damn well who was going to get that job. But you can't be seen to say you could, we weren't even the last one I did um, for like one of the big banks is you weren't even allowed to like promote somebody to say, OK, you're really good. I'm going to now promote you to this position because that was seen as prejudicial. You had to advertise that position, even though it's a reward for someone who's worked really hard, deserves to go up to the next level. And other people then see that and think, well, if I work hard, I could go up to. The-. So I think it's you know motivational to do that. But no, company policy was you couldn't do that. You had to advertise it, which was a waste of you know my time, a waste of people applying, getting the hopes up, and all of that. When you knew damn well who was going to get it. We all know there's administrators, hairdressers, doctors, police officers, yeah. and you know fire fire service people as well. So you have this very limited number of careers. Where if you listen to this podcast, we talked about marketing, careers advisor, interview coach, working in a shop. You know, we, we talked about 10 or 12 uh, different job roles. The more you network, the more you interact with people, uh, especially when you're thinking about careers and education, the more you become aware of this vast amount of jobs. There's like 2,000 different careers that people can apply for. But especially when you're young, you think this five or six, don't they? Mm-hmm. When you're an adult, you think this 10 or 15, but it's 2,000. Yeah. You can literally get paid for anything you want oh, to do now. Yeah. Oh, when I first started working on my own and started networking, which I'd never done before, so I was like, it's only four years ago or something, I was absolutely amazed by the people I met who were just so interesting and did just I was like what you make money doing that fantastic and just all the weird and wonderful and we meet people all the time don't we Anna who do all manner of different things and you know all right they're not all making you know six figures and some of them it's a side hustle and they're just making a little bit on the side as well as their other job but they're doing things they really enjoy and they're making money at it and it is incredible you gotta get paid for your passion I think that's the bottom line Mm. if you find something you love get paid for it and for every job role as well there's like specialist positions where you can Mm. get a lot of money so as an example If you work as a hairdresser, you, you're not, you are not on average about eighteen to twenty-two thousand pound a year. A manager's on about twenty-five, twenty-eight thousand pound a year. But if you're a hairdresser on a modelling shoot, you're on like two, three thousand pound a day, aren't you? Yeah. You might be working twelve hour days on these modelling shoots. Uh, it's the same. You in, might have in... to fly to like Barbados and stuff. As yeah, well, I know. Yeah. How terrible would that be? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. But no matter what, no matter what you're passionate about, there's a if you're passionate about your job and you also want a good salary, the specialist roles are in roles isn't it, that you can uh, look for and go for. Yeah, and why not you? You know, lots of people go, oh, well, you know, they're lucky or they're this or they're that. But why not you? Just go for it and see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely about this sort of new experiences, making new opportunities, networking and stuff like that. My 14-year-old daughter used to come networking with me. Um, we used to go to one... Um, our business coach actually used to do a networking thing once a month where it was like 100 odd people and then a really nice lunch and people would stand up give a bit of an inspirational talk about their story our coach would give a a talk about she'd pick a topic like motivation or something like that and then everyone would network and so I just thought that was really important for her to go to and used to take her to them and she was fine I thought you know when you have to start networking um you know have to start but when you do start if you'll say I don't know 21 or something like that and you walk in and you're really nervous imagine how you'd feel if you go I've been doing this since I was 13 I'm really comfortable in this environment imagine how far you could go there like you say if you expose children to all of these different people Mm -hmm. and environment and, and I always think that you know I'd much rather give my children 
confidence, the ability mm. to walk into oh, a room gosh. where they don't know anyone and strike up a conversation is way better than like getting A grades at every exam, but being yeah. not able to have a conversation or look at, have eye contact mm. with a stranger. Um, so I'd much rather give them that. I mean, great if they could have both, but if I had to choose, definitely. So I've yeah. said to them straight away now, um, you know, I don't expect you to go to university unless you want to be something where you need that degree, like a doctor or a lawyer, then that's fine. Apart from that, I'd much rather... Um, you know, support you to go traveling around the world for a year or two years, because how much easier would you find life if you'd done that? And like you say, when you go to an interview and they say, tell us about yourself, and you've traveled around the whole world for two years, it's, you know, you've got loads to talk about, haven't you? And ad- adults need the same mindset as well. I sometimes meet adults and they go, oh, I wish I was 16 again. I'd be like, well, why do you want to be 16 again? Like, I remember being spotty, you know, nervous when I was 16. I don't want to be... I had no money as well. It was horrible no. time, to be honest. But they always say, oh, what be 16? Because then I'd go off, I'd go off and I'd travel the world. I'd go and do it. Just do it now. Like, yeah. if you go back to like when we talked about like careers and job interviews and stuff like that, if you're nervous and anxious, go join a public speaking group. Go yeah. join an improv class, uh, you know, get elocution lessons or, or whatever. You can always develop. Oh, I wrote, a play, went to I, I wrote and directed a play the other week, uh, the other year, and put it on wow. the binge show because I just, I, I always had this thing like oh, I love to be, I love the theatre, and I thought I'd just do it, and then I just went right and just started writing it. It's just got a goal, take opportunities, take action, uh, just be a lifelong learner. That's the key, isn't it? Yeah, don't think yeah. all these things are for other people, not for you, because they're not. Other people are just ordinary people as well that have gone. Do you know what? I'm bloody well going to do that, and they've done it like you doing your play, which is amazing. What was it about? It was called Adam, the History of Man. So the idea is about the evolution of man. And the 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 Adam um, was like a prehistoric hunter and gatherer and then a Roman soldier and kind of went through the times. And it's like a bit of a comedy uh, about that. Uh, I got rated as well uh, by uh, a critic and he hated it. He thought it was the oh, worst thing he has oh, ever I seen. Love that. <laughs> uh, well, <it's>, <laughs> yeah, you don't want anyone who finds it mediocre, either love it or hate it. Love it or hate it. Well, yeah. like, like, I remember like one of the actors said, oh, you know, after reading it, that's terrible. And I was like, yeah, but... The process was great, like the learning process of how to write and direct a play. You know, us, there was like two actors and me in it uh, and, and a, a drama studio as well. And we all kind of got together and it was like so collaborative. And I learned so much from that. And the audience, the audience loved it. They were laughing at just this one person. Uh, what this one person, a critic, and one of my sisters, she read, I didn't like that at all. <laughs> Not even my sister said it was good. But it's yeah. about learning, developing. It's about taking chances and taking opportunities, isn't it? Where does it get savvy, Club? We always ask two questions. First one is, um, what makes you savvy? You know what? Because I just do things. I don't like. I don't really care that people think what I do is rubbish. That people think I'm an idiot. That people think I'm a little bit daft. So I'll go in a room and do a little dance. I, I, I for my birthday, I hike up mountains in three-piece suits and make a three-course meal on top of the three biggest mountains in the UK. Wow. So I just go and do things. Definitely savvy then. And the other question is to recommend a book. It's an old book and it's probably been mentioned law school. It's like, it is a classic, but I do think it's such a good book. And I, I love it because of the stuff it talks about motivation, but it, Tony Robbins, Standing on the Shoulder of Giants. It's a oh. big, thick one, but it's well worth reading. So you have written a book as well, didn't you? And if you were American, you'd have recommended your own book, but um, <laughs> do you want to give it a plug anyway? Yeah, so my book is uh, What is Your Interview Identity? So it's all about uh, unconscious bias, the interview's behaviour, your interview identity, how you're perceived by the employer. But really, it's about how you can improve your interview skills so you're seen as someone who's suitable, hireable, but someone who's got that something about them that the employer really wants to recruit you for. If um, our listeners are listening and they want to find out more about you, what is the best way of getting hold of you? Yeah, so I'm on LinkedIn all the time, so you can find me on Crystal Coaching on LinkedIn. I'm going to look you up on LinkedIn now. 
Um, my website is employmentking.co.uk, which has got loads of free stuff for job interviews on there. So that's a great resource uh, for anyone looking to pass a job interview. If you're enjoying Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club, use your podcast app to rate, review and subscribe. Awesome. What a lovely guy. I always love doing our podcast and doing the interviews and we've met some really interesting people, but some people just really resonate. And I think it's because this is actually a subject I'm passionate about because, you know, I've interviewed hundreds of people. Um, for different roles and I've just seen you know some appalling people or some great people actually present themselves appallingly Um, and I think that you know if only they had a little bit more help or just you know google it or whatever Um, it's just yeah a real shame that people don't have those skills and that they're not taught to them and if you don't have parents that have been in a court like when I started work my dad was in the army for like forever and my mum was a nurse at a hospital so they couldn't help me with job interviews or office work or you know what how to do a cv even or anything like that I was pretty much on my own and had to just learn it all as well there was no google back then obviously I remember my first interview at a company in Richmond and I cringe now when I think of it because I was just absolutely awful I didn't know what to say hadn't really practiced and so then that kind of spurred me on to go I'm never going to put myself in that situation again where I'm just you know utterly embarrassed and don't know what to say and I've got better and actually I've always got any job I've ever been for an interview since then so I obviously did get better but um but yeah if you've got someone like Chris who can help you get the job your dream job because like we said there's so many people go for them you've got to stand out somehow um yeah what an awesome service and what a and it must feel like you know when you're just sending your cv out and not getting anywhere and if there are hundreds of people going for that one and your cv is just like you said it's not even a person looking at it anymore it's just it's just being scanned I didn't by, know that you know yeah they're just looking for key work well to be fair hr people used to do that anyway so now part of me is kind of glad that those people don't have jobs anymore because the computer's <laughs> taken over them because they didn't used to be very friendly towards me them, them no. hr types but um yeah, so they used to go, well, it doesn't say this word on it, and it doesn't say, and I used to have to, like, basically overcome that and say, that's because because they wouldn't understand, they'd just do HR, so they'd just do HR for the entire business, so they wouldn't understand, fin- the fi- so I did financial recruitment, they wouldn't understand the nuances of, like, yes, that person didn't have that particular word, but actually, this word means the same as that word, you know, and you'd have to educate them, well, they didn't really like to be educated, so you have to kind of just ball like a bull go look you're wrong this means that you still need to meet them but if your cv is just being scanned over by something and then just you're just getting a if you're lucky a general rejection email then you're not going to know why well that's the thing that it's kind of you're hamstring don't you because you can't tell people why you're rejecting them in case it's not offensive in some way or they haven't asked for it or slanderous or whatever so I used to really like to help people and say we didn't get it because of this and the other and then HR used to say to me no you can't say that just send out a standard letter please and I'd be like well that's not very useful I also had a great story about um, someone who uh, whenever they recruited for a role they'd get all the CVs they got in and they'd just throw them across the office towards the bin and any that didn't land in the bin would be interviewed because they only wanted to employ lucky people <laughs> what a great story that's, that is a, the kind of thing i do <laughs> but you can see it happening because when you've got a load of cvs you have to narrow them down you don't somehow, even know where so. to start honestly yeah. that's what the job is more administ- administrative more than anything now recruitment there's no like art or science to it it's just to go for a load of bloody cvs yeah. <laughs> sort yeah. out which ones are relevant and which ones aren't um, but yeah, so it's great to have him on. So uh, if the you, moral if you, of the story is start your own business. So you yeah, do your own thing. You don't have to rely on going for interviews. <laughs> um, yeah, and if you need help with that, 
the marketing side you know where we are <laughs> we can help you make marketing easy but um yeah aside from that give us a review if you haven't already or just about to say the same yeah thing. screenshot this episode tag us in it um somewhere on social media and you might have an opportunity to win that book which was i forget now oh Standing that, uh, on the shoulders of giants and you know yeah. we're motoring towards 30,000 downloads which is awesome yeah. so yeah a few more reviews five star reviews and i like to read the comments as well good and bad yeah tony Tell robbins book, like. i don't know oh i'm just not on board with tony robbins i don't know why i am but i'm not i just i think probably because i think so you get much. to a level yeah. where hmm. it just becomes unrelatable and i like yeah. to be able to relate to people yeah and different so, so and i think as well because on youtube and things when an anthony robbins, uh, anthony robbins thing come through so they always use the same clips and the same bits so i think oh, i've heard him say that I've, i feel like i've consumed it all from him but obviously i haven't i like mm. watching that netflix thing he did that was quite interesting to watch uh i don't know something like i'm your not your guru <laughs> on netflix <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> i'm not your guru tony robbins and basically it's netflix. him it's him being a guru <laughs> <laughs> on guru. stage guru yeah like jumping up and down and clapping and yeah. Woo -woo yeah. he's become even that. though he's a person he's become a corporate character like, yeah which cartoon is, yeah. i think <laughs> sort of caricature but anyway <laughs> another great episode i think you will all agree so um listen out for the quickie on thursday whatever it's about it's bound to be a good one um yeah, give us a review and let us know what you think or what you'd like us to do a quickie about. You can always email us at info at getsavvyclub.co.uk and we can uh, tailor it to what you need. Anyway, have a fantastic rest of the day and week and weekend or whenever you're listening and uh, see you next time. See you soon. Bye. Bye. That was Marketing Made Easy, the podcast from Get Savvy Club. If you enjoyed it, join our Facebook group. Just search Get Savvy Club.